hearing creaks coming from your closet, rustling outside your window. window. Did you hear guttural woots or wood knocks deep in the woods during your last camping trip? Ever seen strange lights in the sky? Ever feel like someone or something is in the room with you? Rest assured, you are not alone. We are not alone. Take a dive into the strange, unusual, and hauntingly true. You've stumbled upon the Line Begins to Blur podcast. Join your host, Chris G., as he explores the paranormal, cryptid sightings, supernatural events, along with a little true crime from the past and present. Hey everyone, thank, thank you for turning back in, welcome back. I appreciate you tuning in to the Line Begins to Blur podcast. Um, definitely just wanted to say thanks to all the support, everybody listening. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing any feedback or any comments. Um, and definitely looking forward to uh, anybody caring to share their stories and or suggestions. Um, in this episode, I'm going to go ahead and talk about our favorite big furry guy. You know that guy, Mr. Squatch himself. The big old spaghettis, um, Mr. Bigfoot. Um, and believe it or not, he was actually uh, walking in L.A. Walking in L.A. Walking in L.A. Anyway, as we all know, nobody walks in L.A. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, before we get into it, uh, let's go ahead and start off with the uh, World Weirdly News. Let's do it. So apparently customs agents sees mystery bushmeat at New Jersey airport. U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents at Newark Liberty International Airport in New Jersey sees nearly nine pounds of mystery bushmeat. The agency announced Tuesday that bushmeat is raw or minimally processed meat from parts of animals, including bats, monkeys, cane rats and antelope. <clears throat> According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, it's usually either smoked, dried or salted. The meat, which comes from parts of Africa, is illegal to bring into the U.S. because it can spread diseases, according to the CDC. A U.S. citizen brought the bush meat on a flight from Ghana, customs officials said. The passenger declared the meat to a CBP agricultural specialist who determined it was illegal bush meat. Officials then seized and destroyed the meat. <clears throat> CPB agriculture specialists made critical interceptions of these prohibited animal products and usually stopped them from being entered the United States before they could potentially cause grave damage to our agricultural and economic vitality. So uh, if you're ever wondering what those mystery meat sandwiches are from uh, high school, you know, that uh, sloppy Joe stuff. <laughs> now, you know. All right, guys. So, as I said earlier, we're going to be talking about uh, the big guy. The big guy. We all know him. We all know him by different names. <clears throat> so, we'll uh, just leave it at that. We'll call him Bigfoot. And like I said, um, astonishingly, uh, I wouldn't have thought this, but apparently Bigfoot was uh, was uh, living in L.A. for a while. Um, he was, you know, doing the whole Hollywood thing. So, <clears throat> doing some research, 
um, I stumbled upon some statistics from the BFRO, and that's for the uh, Bigfoot Research Association, for those of you that do not know. Um, but yeah, um, according to the BFRO, California ranks among the top states for Bigfoot sightings. Los Angeles County alone is credited with at least 20 through 2010. Yeah, I mean, shit, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I could understand, like, you know, up in San Bernardino, up, you know, Ridgeline up there. But in L.A., shoot, <clears throat> I don't know where he'd live. There's nothing but, uh, unless he's kicking it down in uh, downtown L.A. over in the uh, Skid Row. I mean, shit, he'd blend in there pretty good. I mean, what do they say that, you know, he stinks? Well, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Kind of. But yeah, uh, apparently most sightings occurred during the 70s. Um, these detailed sightings and encounters um, stated witnesses. I'm sorry. Let me start that over again. Most sightings occurred during the 70s. I guess these detailed sightings and encounters stated witnessing a large bipedal hair covered and often foul smelling creature. All taking place in the mountains and desert areas of Los Angeles County. Some documented sightings include in 1960... Two men reported to Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies that they saw a giant biped silhouetted against the sky crossing a hill in the Quartz Hill area after dark. So, I mean, that's got to be freaky. That's got to be crazy, especially in 1960, right? Because isn't that like before the uh, Gimlin film? <clears throat> I'm not sure about that, but I'll, I'll have to double check. Um, other sightings include in the early 70s uh, during fall. Two hunters reported a sighting through their hunting scopes in the Cooper Canyon area of the San Gabriel Mountains. Shit, that's right up the street from me. I'm near Pasadena. They could uh, not determine if what they saw was animal or human. It was too animal looking to be human, but also too human looking to be animal. So they decided against taking a chance of committing murder. So they decided against shooting it, which I'm assuming is a pretty good call. Because, uh, yeah, imagine some rough dude, maybe, I mean, this was the 70s, right? So, you know, maybe some dude had his hair grow out, rocking the long curly locks, might have had a big bender that weekend, might have been a little smoking the, uh, the devil's lettuce, you know what I mean? Minding his own business, living his best life, and bam, gets shot because someone mistakes him for a fucking Bigfoot. Anyway, <clears throat> who knows? In 1973, in the Big Rock Canyon area, numerous sightings reported of huge bipedal ape-like creatures. Also in March of 1973, three U.S. Marines reported a sighting of a large bipedal hairy creature in Lancaster. Later that month, a young woman thinking she was responding to one of her young—I'm uh, sorry—a young woman thinking she was responding to one of her whimpering dogs reported being surprised and frightened by a large bipedal hair-covered creature that rose up from the tall grass and ran off. I mean, Lancaster, that's that's the valley, right? <clears throat> you know, you know, a lot of crazy shit happens in the valley. I know that's where they make porn. I mean, look at Boogie Nights, right? I wonder if uh, she uh, mistook that the uh, that Yeti for, or the, the Sasquatch for fucking Donnie Wahlberg. Who knows? <sighs> in April 1973... Three men from the San Fernando Valley reported seeing an 11-foot bipedal creature near Sycamore Flats. Uh, I believe that's a campground. Um, in subsequent years, from 1973 to 1976, other sightings of large ape-like bipedal creatures were reported around the Big Rock campground. 
so okay <clears throat> that's hitting a little little closer to home understood you know the campsites campgrounds it's a little more rustic a little bit more to his taste i can okay i'm, I'm seeing you there sasquatch i'm seeing you okay all right um <clears throat> in october of 1974 two men reported a sighting of a large hair covered bipedal animal in quartz hill backyard so okay quartz hill again another hot spot good to know let's make notes let's check it out <clears throat> in the summer of 1976 two brothers doing late night fishing at moore's dam encountered an erect <laughs> mind you an erect human-like creature on a deer path as opposed to a flaccid human-like creature so apparently while they were out fishing they made sure that uh, someone took their viagra you know you never know when you can get a bite you know <clears throat> but anyway so uh, in september of 1976 a hunter reported a sighting and frightening sorry it's been one of those freaking days man in September 1976, a hunter reported a sighting and frightening screams of a large animal near the West Fork River in the San Gabriel Mountains. Oh yeah, that's me. That's me all day. I'm over here. He insisted that the animals, the animal sounds he caught were not bear. Okay. Scary. I mean, San Gabriel, man. <clears throat> Living out here, it's, it's a, there's not a lot, man. So it's okay. All right. I can see that. Um, where else have these, has he been seen? Um, okay. In November of 1976, during the daylight, apparently he was getting brave. Four hunters reported finding unusual tracks at a family property after investigating why horses on the property were highly agitated. A foul order was detected in the area, and then after following tracks, they started they, they sighted a large bipedal creature at a distance moving away from them whoa during the day okay i mean i can understand nighttime you know hiding the cover of night but all right all right cool 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 uh 1978 a truck driver reported a sighting of a large bipedal creature crossing the road near lake hughes Sorry, I had to sneeze there for a second. <clears throat> you didn't need to hear that. Yeah, it's uh, that time of year again. Weather change. Allergies are acting up, so sorry. You can hear a lot of sniffling and stuff. Sorry. But yeah, so um, a large bipedal creature was crossing the road near Lake Hughes in May of 1980. Two campers in the Green Valley area reported a large entity moving in the dark of night around their campsite. The following day, at sunset, they reported an encounter with an eight or nine foot tall bipedal creature covered in dark hair however unlike as in many reported sightings they did not experience an unusual order so at least he had the decency to throw on some deodorant okay apparently he wanted to make a good impression um in 1993 two men stopping in their car at night due to a flat tire along highway 138 not far from gorman reported being approached by a large bipedal creature about seven feet tall covered in long grayish hair their men reported to be so frightened that instead of leaving their vehicle to replace the tire they instead drove away on the flat causing further damage to their vehicle now <clears throat> i i might have been scared as shit but i'm also cheap and i'm sorry 
Bigfoot or not, your ass is going to help me change this damn tire. Don't be creeping up on me, trying to spook me. Your ass is going to hold my car up so I can switch out that flat and put on the donut. Sorry, man. Couldn't put your ass to work. We cool. We friends. But, um, yeah, you're going to help me, you know. <laughs> in April, and, and the, the most recent one <clears throat> that I've seen is in April of 2002, Two hikers in the Big Tahunga Canyon area during daylight hours were intimidated to vacate the area in which they were in after detecting a foul odor and hearing unusually loud and frightening screams and pounding and swaying of nearby trees. So homeboy was like, let me stink it up over here and I'm going to act all big and bad because you guys are getting a little too close to home. So... Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, this is coming from the BFRO, so it's a little hard to uh, dispute. So I'm, I'm gonna say, like, I believe, man. I've, I've, I've always believed. So, eh, you know, who would have known? Bigfoot in LA. So, I mean, it makes sense. You know, a lot of people come out here. They want to see their light, their names and lights. Make it in the biz, you know. And he was in Lancaster, so maybe he was starting off. A la Dirk Diggler, you know, maybe he was Squatch Squiggler, you know, laying that uh, that beastie pipe. So who knows? Who freaking knows? Anyway, so yeah, those are just some of the sightings in LA. Um, by any chance, if any of you listening had any sightings, any interesting little side notes or asides that you'd like to share with us, by all means, please submit them to www the line begins to blur podcast um you can do that at www.thelinebeginstoblur.com sorry i'm telling you man it's been a hellish work week um i just I, this was fresh on my mind i just came back from a long drive i wanted to make sure that i put this down and maybe i shouldn't have done it so quickly um give myself a chance to i mean i know i'm usually all discombobulated but i don't think i've ever been this bad but um oh well we're recording now, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, so just feel free to go to the website, www.thelinebeginstheblur.com, or you can email me at info at thelinebeginstheblur.com, or you can also go down to our Anchor page um, with this podcast, who Anchor is hosting our podcast, by the way. So feel free to check them out if you're interested. Um, but yeah, so um, that's it. That's it for LA. But um We'll be right back after this uh, little little break here and um, continue on. All right, guys. Return to the Line Begins to Blur podcast after the following message. Hey guys, Chris G here. Just want to let you guys know the website is now live and online. Um, go ahead and log on to www.thelinebeginstoblur.com to submit your story. Um, I am currently in the process of setting up a phone line for you guys to leave a voicemail, but um, it's going to take a minute with that. So please bear with me. But in the interim, you can either email me at info at the line begins to blur.com or just go to the website and submit there. 
thanks a lot, man. And I hope uh, hope to see some of these uh, shared experiences soon. Take care. So for our second segment, we are going to go ahead and I will talk a little background on the Bigfoot folklore. That's right. I'm a school, you suckers. Well, maybe not. So the word Sasquatch itself comes from the word Sesquatch, which in the, I'm going to fuck this up, in the Halcomelum, Halcomelum, Halcomelum language of the East Coast Salish Indians means wild man. The Coast Salish Indians originally lived in the Fraser Valley and other parts of the American Northwest, including parts of Canada. However, the concept of an ape-like man is prevalent in North American legends across the entire North American continent and even in native populations around the world. So that means that a lot of our ancestry Indian population, Native American Indian, have had encounters with these guys long before us, long before Gimlin, long before Bob, Baba, Boba, long before the BFRO. So that tells you something. In total, the Native American tribes of North America have more than 60 different names for Sasquatch. The word Bigfoot was coined in the late 1950s by the media when a man discovered large footprints in the mud near Bluff Creek in Northern California. Now, while the prints were disclosed to be a hoax in the early 21st century, the term stuck and gave rise to the modern belief that interpretation and quest for Bigfoot are real. Experts estimate that there are around 2,000 to 6,000 Bigfoots within the United States and Canada, excluding Hawaii. I guess the big guy's not a big fan of poi or spam. No masubi for him, my friend. Ukulukalakiliki. Boy, you wanna. Anyway, never mind. So, Bigfoot's native origins. Native American tribes across the continent generally have a similar belief of Sasquatch or a Sasquatch-like being. These creatures all go by different names with respect to different tribes and customs. Traditionally, native tribes in the Rockies and Northwestern United States view Bigfoot as a physical being, no different than a human or other animal. However, their respect for animals as wise elder brothers gives them an overwhelming respect for the Bigfoot as well, as seeing the creature as not as a conquest or something to fear, but as a guide or teacher, and even an extension of themselves. Elsewhere in the United States, different natives view Bigfoot as a being that lives in between the physical and spiritual worlds. To these tribes, Bigfoot only makes his or her presence known when delivering a message to the beholder. This kind of appearance can also be a sign of a turn of events or a warning of things to come. Kind of like homeboys knocking at your door to give you the publisher's clearinghouse giveaway with that big ass cardboard check. I take that. Shoot. Well, after taxes, now you know what? Money's money. Send it my way. 
I ain't getting no stimulus, so go ahead and give that to me. In either case, because of the creature's closeness to its human relatives, Bigfoot is seen as a special being, and in regard with great respect and reverence. Often, native elders view Bigfoot as having greater powers than mankind because the creature lives in the space between animal and human consciousness. Its presence brings blessings and is generally welcomed. So, <clears throat> a lot of the Native American people do not fear Bigfoot. As a matter of fact, they respect him. Which, you know what, I, I can see that. I mean, all that he's got to put up with, all of us knuckleheads out there looking for him on a daily basis, trying to capture him, trying to catch proof of him, looking for his shit, looking for loose hairs. I mean, like... There's no rest for the wicked, man. Like, he can't let his guard down at all. He's got to be all over it. So, I can respect that, too. <clears throat> so, modern Bigfoot and evidence of its existence. While Native Americans have always had a belief in a Bigfoot-like creature, its acceptance into modern Western culture has been a bit shaky. Many, if not most, of Americans are, at the very least, skeptical about the existence of Bigfoot. Those who believe, however, are fervent. Again, modern Western culture surrounding Bigfoot differs from the native traditions of reverence and respect. Bigfoot hunters regularly take to the dense forests, swampy wetlands, and other squatchy ecology in search of evidence. Armed with the latest technology, these Bigfoot hunters enter the wilderness prepared for days of tracking, filming, and recording, only to return with usually nothing more than the sense of feeling that a Bigfoot was near. Maybe a hair or two, possibly some caster plasts or plaster casts. <laughs> sorry, <clears throat> the Bigfoot field researchers. Uh, I'm sorry, the BFRO. I'll just make it short. Bigfoot field researchers organization was founded in 1995 as a collection of scientists and specialists from around the world who are committed to the study and research of Bigfoot. Some members would not call themselves believers, but healthy skeptics with a curiosity to discover what is behind the large number of Bigfoot sightings. Today, the BFRO is the largest organization of its kind and has become the foremost expert on Bigfoot cryptozoology. Most sightings are reported to and logged by the BFRO database, and those who believe they have seen Bigfoot or collected evidence related to the existence of Bigfoot can submit their findings to the BFRO. They are open to everybody, even knuckleheads like me. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> Most people would scoff if they said, if they heard someone say, hey man, I got a Sasquatch pubic hair. Can you analyze it? Can you log it? Yeah, most people would not want to, um, would not want to mess with that. So <laughs> kudos to them. Now, <clears throat> even this type of large organization exists today. Evidence for the existence of Bigfoot is hard to come by. In fact, much of what is considered evidence by some is viewed as circumspect in, is viewed with circumspect by others. Most Bigfoot researchers consider anything that goes above and beyond eyewitness encounters as hard evidence. Now, this includes footprints, hair, tissue samples, fecal matter, and other things. Um, in some cases, hair and feces have been collected near purported Bigfoot sightings, which have been determined to belong to an unknown primate after undergoing a DNA analysis. However, nothing more definitive than that has been discovered. Now, I've heard a theory about 
in, you know because again my you know my fiance she christina she's she's one of those people that's the first thing she's always like well how come we've never seen a body how come there's no bones how come there's no poops you know how come we can't find that stuff <clears throat> well you know i saw some footage not too long ago about you know creatures in the wild like you know any creatures like when they die in the wild i mean their bodies do not they don't stick around like because of the ecology because of the environment those bodies disappear quick i think they did a um an experiment with a dead deer and the sucker was huge it was like a 350 pound deer and this thing lasted seven days you know before it was just a pile of bones that scattered out you know between the scavengers between the environment between the elements so it was full carcass day one scattered pile of bones and debris day seven now if you think about it that's pretty fucking quick so i'm just saying you know you have a creature out there and who knows like bigfoots they might be you know i assume they're going to be smart as smart as us if not smarter um they might bury their dead you know or something similar they might lay their their dead to uh lay them lay them to rest somewhere you know they might have some sort of ceremony or protocol you never know i mean <clears throat> it's, I, I think it's possible so and uh who knows maybe they uh they're very shy with their poops you know they have designated quote-unquote restrooms that uh you know that they dig out and maybe they bury their scat when they're done you know i mean other animals do it shit my cat does it she can't stand the smell of her own shit so she fucking covers that with dirt and sand so i mean she's eating friskies you can imagine what a bigfoot shit's gonna smell like i mean especially if they themselves think it's pretty safe to say their poops are gonna be fucking horrendous so i'd bury that shit too i'm just saying anyway excuse me so the BFRO fully supports the idea that physical evidence that supports the existence of Bigfoot has indeed been collected. Now, with that being said, skeptics and even fervent believers question why the most definitive evidence in the form of physical remains or corpse of the creature has ever been found. Like I just said, but below is their official explanation. <clears throat> the presence or absence of physical remains is a wholly different matter. Physical remains means body parts or fossils or body parts or fossils of body parts. Excuse me. Though mammals may leave tracks, scats and hairs behind, they do not leave body parts behind very often. Body parts of mammals are only available when they die. Thus, availability of physical remains is initially determined by population size and lifespan. A rare species with a long lifespan will leave very little physical remains collectively for humans to find. The probability of humans actually finding and collecting and identifying those remains before they are completely reabsorbed into the biomass complicates the physical remains as evidence equation dramatically. So in a more professional sense, they said the same shit I did. Body's going to dissolve. Body's going to turn to dust. Ashes to ashes. Dust to dust. So, you know, unless you happen to be in the right place within the right time of a Sasquatch kicking rocks, chances are you're not going to you're not going to get that uh, that physical evidence. 
Perhaps the most well-known footage of Bigfoot is what is now known as the Patterson-Gimlin film. In 1967, a string of sightings and footprints had been discovered in Northern California. The surge of excitement and eyewitness evidence influenced Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin, two Bigfoot enthusiasts, to travel into the Six Rivers National Forest of Northern California with a video camera to attempt to get an image of Bigfoot on camera. Now, coincidentally, they were able to capture what is widely accepted among the Bigfoot believers <coughs> excuse me, uh, uh, to be a female Sasquatch on film. This video has been viewed hundreds of times by believers and skeptics alike. Actually, more like millions of times. Because, yeah, that is one popular video. Uh, but the subject of much controversy and debate still today, it is still hotly debated. It has never been proven to be real nor a hoax. Skeptics claim that the ease at which Patterson and Gimlin obtained this footage on their very first try, mind you, points to being staged by a human in an ape suit. However, believers argue that the visual effects technology of the time was not sophisticated enough to have created such a realistic costume. In addition, the physical proportions of the body as well as the creature's gait has been more closely linked to that of an ape rather than a human. Now, they have done actual tests and like perspective studies so even if it was a guy or girl in a suit it just it don't line up <clears throat> it don't line up so still hotly debate though tell us what you think real or not you let us know <clears throat> images of bigfoot are notoriously difficult to discern they are often fuzzy or taken in poor lighting while there's not there's no doubt that those who believe they have encountered a bigfoot are being truthful in the recounting of their experience they are oftentimes regarded as kooks among skeptics images like the ones that we normally see do not lend to their credibility because they're generally fuzzy blurry quick stop just happen to be aimed in the right place at the right time so eh. You know, there's always going to be that skeptic that's going to call bullshit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Allergies, man. Please forgive me. Hold on a second. I want to take some water. <sighs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> Which brings me on to my next subject. Vocalizations. <laughs> <clears throat> when people think of Bigfoot evidence... Casts of big footprints and blurry photos and films are often are the first thing to come to mind. Some of the more interesting bits of evidence, though, are sound recordings of alleged vocalizations. One company called Sierra Sounds markets a CD called the Bigfoot Recordings, The Edge of Discovery, and it's narrated by Star Trek actor Jonathan Frakes. The recording claims to have captured vocalizations among a Bigfoot family. The sounds include a series of guttural grunts, howls, and growls. The liner notes offer testimonials from a linguist, quote-unquote linguist, whose self-described credentials include playing the flute, speaking several languages, and having a, having a Russian friend who thinks I'm Russian. That, you know what, that sold me. You're qualified. I believe you. You know what you're talking about. Come on. How could you not? You play the flute. <clears throat> now, she confidently asserts that the tapes are not faked and that the vocal range is too broad to be made by a human. 
She also suggests that Bigfoot individuals have a language, possibly including Sasquatch, swear words. Whew. I would love to learn that language, man. I collect swear words like an old lady collects C, B, what is it? CBC? The uh, Shoppers Network? Home, H, Home Shoppers Network? Some of those collectible dolls, man? Yeah, that's me. I know me some swear words. <clears throat> Other languages. Anyway. I digress. Other explanations for the Blue Mountain sounds include foxes and coyotes, which, unlike Bigfoot, are known to exist in the area. Just because an animal call seems unusual or mysterious doesn't mean that it is. There are many factors that can affect how, some, how something sounds from a far away distance, including temperature, wind, geographical features such as canyons, and direction and echo. Physical landscape can bounce back the sounds, alter the pitch, ton of shit, scientific data, smarter shit than I can explain. Some suggest perhaps a hoaxer in the area is having a bit of fun with the local legend, and sometimes Bigfoot hunters go deep in the woods and sound blast pre-recorded Bigfoot calls, hoping to elicit responses from any real Bigfoots nearby. Of course, other people in the area can also hear the strange shrieks and howls coming from the dark wilderness and not knowing that Bigfoot noisemakers are afoot may report the sounds are genuine and unknown. So think about that. You got some squatchers out there broadcasting loud ass calls and screeches and wood knocks. You have another schmo out there doing the same thing that doesn't know that Team A is out there knocking it up. And they're going to hear that shit and they might respond like, oh, shit, you know, that's Joe the Squatch. Let's let's answer. Let's answer the call. Knock, knock. So Team A hears it. Team A hears Team's B, Team B's response and vice versa. So, yeah, you got several people all, quote unquote, reporting real Bigfoot vocalizations and, and wood knocks and shit. So, yeah, go figure. I mean, it's a stretch, but it's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, some suggest perhaps a hoax. Uh, sorry, I just said that to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm tired. Now, this isn't rocket science, okay? It's the science of acoustics with an array of sensitive microphones placed strategically throughout. Whoa, that was weird. Uh, that was weird. I think uh, paranormal activity is afoot here. Ooh. All right, I'm going to... I'm going to keep my guard up because uh, the sun's going down and I haven't turned any lights on. So it's starting to get kind of dark in here. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you guys know if anything else gets gets cracking. <clears throat> but like I said, so um, ultra sensitive microphones placed strategically throughout the area. Um, it's pretty relatively simple to triangulate the location of a sound to within a few feet almost instantly. If that same area is also covered by an array of wide-angle, high-resolution cameras using infrared at night technology, it should be fairly simple to trigger cameras nearest the source of the sound to photograph whatever created it. Fox, hoaxer, Bigfoot, my grandmother, whatever it was, right? 
Researchers could, e researchers could even use camera-mounted drones to help locate the vocalizations and monitor the area. Another option would be to set up a perimeter around areas where Bigfoot are said to be especially active and use sound-activated cameras. I mean, come on, technology is like, it's kicking off, man. I mean, we got some high-tech stuff. I mean, hell. Why, I mean, you can imagine we're reverse engineering it from all the UFOs we have over in uh, Area 51, right? So, just saying. Surely a group of 8 to 10 foot tall hairy bipedal animals can't be that hard to find if you place cameras around a hotspot. Um, <clears throat> wait a few weeks. Of course, covering huge swaths of wilderness would not be cheap. But it would be a small price to pay if it finally provides hard evidence of Bigfoot existence. Instead of the more ambiguous roars, grunts, and howls in the wilderness. So, <clears throat> if we have any sugar daddies out there, come on, man, step up. Pay for that shit. Let's get some cameras out there. Let's catch some real, real evidence. So, their ecology. Now, where do Bigfoots like to live? Are they hipster? Do they like, you know... Are they like bougie? Do they like penthouse action? Are they cool with flats? <laughs> um, well, um, okay, who knows? According to the Bigfoot, uh, the BFRO, okay, I'll just keep it simple. According to the BFRO, Bigfoots are mostly found in areas where water is prevalent, which makes sense. This is especially true in the temperate rainforests of the northwestern part of the United States and the swampy marshes in the south. Um, here is the official description of Bigfoot ecology by the BFRO. Distribution of the Sasquatch is presumably heavy influenced by the availability of water, prey, and of dense cover as afforded by northwestern rainforests. Sierra Chaparral or the riparian margins of any bodies or courses of water. Since the latter provide included, secluded, sorry, Avenues throughout the continent. Occasional sightings are explicable in relatively arid regions, though even they're generally in the vicinity of stands of forest. Simple, oh, dude. This shit's fucking like Chinese. It's like I'm reading Chinese here. Okay, let me start that over. <clears throat> the BFRO description of Bigfoot ecology. Let's do this again. Distribution of the Sasquatch is presumably heavy influenced, heavily influenced by the availability of water, prey and or dense cover as afforded by northwestern rainforests. Sierra Chaparral or the riparian margins of any bodies of or courses of water. Okay, I'm fucking that up a lot. Since the latter provides secluded avenues throughout the continent, occasional sightings are explicable in relatively arid regions, though even there generally in the vicinity of stands of forests Similarly, swamps and marshes seem to afford them the desired seclusion. Migration patterns, if they exist at all, have not been established other than possible vertical movement to escape severe winter conditions at higher altitude. Damn, that was a mouthful. I, you know, I had to literally copy that. I was no way I was going to remember all that shit. But um, I guess in a nutshell, what they're saying is lots of water lots of uh foliage to hide in and lots of prey which i mean let's face it i mean that's what we would want right we want access to water 
we want foliage or, or the availability of resources to make habitat to cover our, our fucking prissy asses and we want food so you know you have water you have fish you have water you have you know animal life they they live off the water so they're gonna come drink from the water so you know turns out they're not uh, too far far removed from us okay hoaxes well bigfoot hoaxes have been well they've existed for as long as the concept of modern bigfoot has to those with a mischievous sense of humor myself included and a love for hijinks creative creating and effectively pulling off a bigfoot hoax is the holy grail of practical jokes hmm do i agree with that i don't know man i i've 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 done some pretty good doozies in my day yeah i'll I'll give you an example one that i pulled i'll make it quick so i was a teenager i was living at home with my mom i had gone to have i went on a date and we went to this seafood restaurant right um so i took this girl to the seafood restaurant and i believe she ordered crab and they served the whole crab or the way they presented the dish was they used the crab shell the body as a presentation and you would eat the legs and they use the crab meat and whatever but they use the crab shell as kind of like a um uh as decoration right so okay we had our meal everything's good i thought it was a cool looking crab shell and I knew I could do some shit with it because it still had the little eyes attached. I mean, it was it was 100% like complete without the legs. You just didn't have the legs. So I wrapped it up in a napkin, a couple napkins. I put it in my jacket and I took it home with me, right? So I get home. And like I said, at the time I was living with my mom. I mean, I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but okay, it is what it is. Don't judge me. So um, I know that my mom gets up or my mom got up super early to make her coffee. She's like an early bird. She'd be up at like 5, 5.30, even 6, right? So I got home. By the time I dropped off my date and all was said and done, I want to say I was home about, I don't know, maybe like midnight, 1 o'clock. So my mom was passed out in her room doing her thing. Uh, <laughs> I took that little crab shell. I put it on the kitchen counter by the sink near the coffee machine, the coffee maker. And we had this old fucked up mop. And I cut off some of the strands of the mop. And this mop, I mean, they look like like degenerate dreads, man. I mean, this, this mop was in bad shape. It'd seen some things or two, right? It could tell you some stories. So I cut off a few of the strands and I stuck it through the hole in the crab shell so it looked like legs. And I spread it out. So it looked like this god-awful mutation of crab slash spider mutant thing, right? And I just left it on the counter and went to bed. You know, I took my happy fat ass to bed, passed out, whatever. Completely forgot about it, right? It's like, okay, go Mimi's, I'm done. I wake up to screaming in the morning. (laughs) I guess my mom walked out, turned on the light to make her coffee, and she ran into that and full on damn near had a heart attack. So I almost killed my mom, but I laughed. Sorry, to me it was funny. I mean, we laughed at it after I showed it to her and I explained whatever. Man, she hated me. Anyway, I digress. Back to the story. <laughs> so, I don't know. For me, that was a holy grail. Uh, if I could have made it look like a Bigfoot, probably would have been better. But, oh, well. 
Okay, anyway. In order to prove the existence of the Sasquatch, physical evidence must be presented to the scientific community and studied. Now, despite all the credible and not-so-credible eyewitness stories, no such evidence exists. Unfortunately, most specimens of physical evidence that is associated with Bigfoot is largely regarded as fake. Um, there's been a bunch of famous Bigfoot hoaxes in the United States, and we'll probably cover that in another episode. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so far there hasn't been any real tangible proof. Hopefully that'll change, you know, hopefully. Um, so yeah, but in conclusion, man, you know, the existence of Bigfoot may never be proven. Although there are many who believe that we as humans should leave the creature alone and want to prevent its exposure to mankind. You know, I mean, come on, live and let live. I mean, Bible said it, I think. Mm. But either way, without a physical body, maps like the one um, that have been provided over the years... You know, showing the natural navigation and paths that these Bigfoot creatures have been sighted on. Um, hopefully they'll determine like a connection between the geography. You know, we already have that, you know, that, that connection with cultural history um, and, you know, and, and kind of like general, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, and general belief. Like we already have that. So, I mean, you have the one revenue of people that believe he exists and want to leave him alone let him live his happy life we can coexist happily and peacefully and maybe meet somewhere in the middle just to say hi and maybe have you know borrow a cup of sugar or something then you have the other hand of people that nope we need to know we need to prove it if i see it i'm gonna shoot it i'm gonna mount him put his head on my wall i mean wasn't too long ago that I announced that um, they're starting to issue Bigfoot hunting licenses. So that tells you the mindset of some people. <sighs> I don't know, people. Um, you know, the Native Americans, I think they have it right, man. This is something, you know, Bigfoot's a creature that we need to respect. And I think, man, like they come at us the way they do because they're afraid. I mean, we've shown nothing but hostility towards them. I believe they exist. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I fully believe. And um, I don't blame them for hating us, man. All we want to do is like we cut down the trees. We, you know, fuck with his environments. You know, we in doing so, we like start limiting their food, their resources, their water. their you know, available resources for shelter. You know, who knows? Maybe in some of the deforestation or, or or contamination of the environment we've killed off some of these guys and they hold a grudge you know maybe unknowingly we unleash some sort of virus or or or, or you know like disease that's affected them as well i mean you gotta imagine like their immunities are gonna be different than ours and maybe you know maybe there was one dude out there that Happen to have just a regular old flu and happen to sneeze on a tree that a Bigfoot happened and just run up on and, uh, you know, kind of like this COVID thing, man. I mean, maybe it spread. I mean, there's a million things that we probably have done or could have done to influence how they see us and kind of want to stay away from us. And I don't blame them. 
if I was them, I'd stay away from us too. I mean, we're, we're pretty mean, you know, we're pretty savage sometimes, but, uh, I think that's just the nature of our, that's just the nature of our people. But as much as I respect them, I'm not going to lie. As much as I believe they need to exist peacefully and happily, I want to see one, you know, I just want that confirmation. Like, okay, they're for real. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't need to see one at a zoo. I don't need to, like, pay my, you know, $12 at the front gate to come in. And I mean, no, I don't, I don't want to do that to the poor thing. But if we actually had, like, genuine evidence, you know, maybe a, a skeletal remain, like a complete set or, or something, you know, would, would be amazing. Even if we found a carcass that we were able to somehow preserve or at least take a cast of, you know, just... Just one example, you know, just to prove it once and for all conclusively, like, hey, they exist. I don't know. I, I have this impression that, you know, within the next few years, all the truth is going to come out, you know, between Bigfoot and between aliens and all the other stuff that we've all kind of thought to be true, but have, have been, you know, hard to prove. I feel that's going to be happening soon. You know, truth is going to come out. There's a lot of smart people out there. And there's a lot more of us than there are of them, meaning there's a lot more of us people that really believe that are searching for the truth than those that know the truth and that are guarding the secrets. So hopefully we'll uh, be able to uh, win this uh, win this debate and get the answers we've all been looking for. Anyway, that's it for this episode, people. Thank you so much for sticking by. Um, if you made it this far, I appreciate it. You know, um, I definitely thank you. Again, I truly appreciate all the support. And um, again, feel free, man. Just reach out. Let me know your thoughts. Even if it's just to say, hey, man, you suck. Cool. You know, um, I just want to know that you guys are listening and you enjoy what you're listening to. And if you have any suggestions, um, you know, maybe you guys want a format change or something. Um, I just want us all to, uh, enjoy this time together. You know, you guys are, you guys are my peeps. And, uh, when I'm not talking in the mic, I'm just like you listening to somebody else who's talking on the mic about some of the same stuff that we're talking about here. I'm just giving you my two cents worth. So be it what it is. Hopefully some of it made you laugh and hopefully some of it made you think again, Chris G here. Just want to say, uh, thanks and want to give a lot of credit to DJ Elite for producing the music um, and the sound effects so give him a lot of love um, again living in LA uh, near Pasadena so if you uh, happen to live in the area let me know if you know any cool spots to check out and I will do the same alright guys will you take care and um, may you live free You've been listening to the Line Begins to Blur podcast with your host, Chris G. Join us every other week for new episodes. (laughs) 